Welcome to the Envision Together, Going to Our Next Level of Best podcast. I'm your host, Pamela Mishana. Join me on this bi-weekly journey of empowerment, where you'll hear hands-on advice from lifestyle experts, educators, authors, spiritual leaders, and many more who will share tips on how to triumph personally, professionally, and spiritually. We explore timely topics such as overcoming anxiety and fear, educating the reluctant student, cultivating lasting relationships, and strengthening our faith. My hope is that the insights offered on the show will help us envision ourselves using our unique gifts and talents on greater levels for greater purposes. Hello, everyone, and I just have to tell you today, I am so excited. I get to welcome back to Envision Together, Dr. Betty R. Price, whom I love so much, and she's my spiritual mother. She's a leader and teacher of faith and has served alongside her late husband, Dr. Frederick Casey Price, for numerous years in ministry, touching lives around the world. With that said, and that doesn't begin to tell the story, but that's just a little quick blurb to give you some insight and remind you of who I'm talking to today. What I really love about her too is she's so humble and she just makes everyone feel like they can bloom and grow around her. And I do. And she takes time with people like me and so many others just to help us move forward in life. So she supports me and so many others. And now today she's offering uh, additional support. Last May, my novel Girls in Search of Cover was released and she was kind enough to read my book in advance and write a blurb for the back of the cover and show her support in that way. And now today I get to gain a better understanding of her experience reading my book and understand why she was so willing to support me and help me spread the word about it. So the episode today will be a combination of me asking her questions about the book. And she has come up with some questions that I don't even know what they are yet that she's going to ask me. And it's to have you all get to know me a little more as a person through Dr. Betty's eyes and as an author, as through Dr. Betty's eyes. So with that, we're going to jump right in. So welcome, welcome, Dr. Betty. And is there anything you want to say as we get started? I just want to say thank you for your wonderful words. The book was so awesome. It's no, I have no problem talking about it. And I think it's such a need with so many people going through the same situations that happened in that book. I think it's going to help a lot of people. I appreciate it. Thank you. So I'm going to jump in with my first question for you. So while you were reading my book, I was overjoyed to hear reports from your daughter, Cheryl, and my sister, my big sister, <laughs> that you wouldn't put the book down. And you even told me that you only put it down to eat and sleep. I was so elated getting that report. And partially because you're someone I respect so much as a Christian, I wanted to know your response to it. So that was part of why I was so elated to get those reports. So I'm going to ask you, what about the characters, even the setting and situations they were in that grabbed your attention so much? 
everything that everybody did in that book or talked about was so very, very interesting. I liked the book so much that that was made when I read it before, but I read it again just to talk with you right now. I can tell you, I read that book like in six hours. I'm sure it might have been less than that, but I started reading it like a Wednesday night and then Thursday. I read a few more hours and then I was finished with it because it's so interesting. It's like nonstop reading. It's really good. It's helpful because so many people have gone through the things that's happening in that book. You made it very interesting. Thank so you. I appreciate everybody it. would want to re- would want to read it. It's not boring at all. Thank you. Well, I mean, that's certainly the goal. Um, you know, when I wrote the book, I was really just initially inspired. It was a story that was inside of me that it needed to come out. I, in some ways, it was therapeutic. But then as you do your rewrites and you really look at what you've put on the page, you start seeing how other lives can be touched. And so my mission with the book is to, I hope it touches people who have been in the situation. It deals with sexual abuse, as you know, and I hope that people can see themselves in the main characters and also see ways that they can grow and be healed and move past that terrible event. But as an artist, of course, I want to do what you just spoke to a lot entertain. So I wanted to make you laugh, make you cry and do all that stuff too. I want to ask you, is there a particular character like Laura or Carmia who stood out to you in any particular way? Well, Laura went through a lot. I'm thinking about how they were treated. I'm especially was uh, because I'm Christian. And I was going to ask, I was going to put that in one of my questions. I met the John, the church people. That was the most interesting thing to me is the way the church people treat uh, Laura and Carmia. Mm-hmm. Am I saying her name right, Carmia? Yes, <laughs> <So>. Carmia. <laughs> so, right. so that stood out. Well, you're just amazing. You're just an amazing writer, how you could come up with how to describe everybody in that book. That's why I was nonstop. I couldn't wait till I, I could get to the next page, and, and, and I couldn't wait until I finished it once I started reading it. Thank you. It's going to be interesting. Anybody that would want to read it, it's definitely interesting. You know, I've heard that from a few people, not everyone who's read it, but um, some people have told me that as well. So obviously that's exciting to hear. You do want people to feel like, oh my God, I want to know what's going to happen next. And then with the part one, it has the cliffhanger that's designed to make people say, oh my goodness, what's going to happen now? (laughs) So I'm waiting for the next one. So my next question for you is, I know you're careful about the things you support. I mean, you would have to be being the woman of God you are. So what is it about Girls in Search of Cover that compelled you to write the blurb and help me promote the book and want to continue even spreading the word as you are now? As I said before, so many people go through that. Girls as well as well as uh, guys have gone through that. And I think the book would be a blessing and a help to them to know there's a way out. And uh, I think your book would show that no matter what you go through, especially you being a Christian and you sharing the way you share, I believe they can get some help from reading that book. I've met people that's tied up in that lifestyle and my heart goes out to them because so many of them turn out really living negative lives after that. It would be very helpful to anyone that needs, has been a part of that kind of lifestyle. I just believe it'll be a wonderful help to them. And that's because I believe you've taken it as a Christian, the way you've dealt with it. So it's interesting. That's all I can say. (laughs) Thank you. 
one of the things I noticed about the way I describe some of the things in the book is the, the psychological journey. And while I haven't been in all of the terrible situations that my characters face, emotionally I have. I think that's where a lot of the value is going to come from for people who may have been in abusive situations, as you see the psychological journey of the characters from being so hurt and so paralyzed in life and just experiencing all that trauma to then eventually learn how to move from that trauma. And while I met you so many years ago, I didn't know that today we would be in um, such closer contact. And even though that there were places still in me that God would help me find healing through my relationship with you. You speak positive things over me that appeals to the little girl in me that that experienced that trauma. That's one thing I love God and I love God's word. And I know that God's word is the answer to whatever you're going through. There's nothing too hard that you've gone through that the Bible doesn't have the answer to. And so your story, I believe God has allowed you to write that one, will continue to use you because it's definitely going to help a lot of people because there's so many people have gone through what you're going through. So I think that's going to be the biggest blessing of all. You just watch and see, and especially they will get to know you in that book, you know, using other characters, but how you help the characters in the book to get through their situation. It's going to help other people for real. That's certainly my prayer. And I appreciate all your support and positive words. And I know when you put them out there, it's, it's helping it come to pass. God is the strongest person and you're in touch with him and yeah. in touch with Jesus. You know, my favorite scripture, one of them, I got a lot of them, John 15, 5, where Jesus said, part of that scripture says, without me, you can do nothing. That's what Jesus says. Without him, you can do nothing. So whatever people are doing without him, it's amounting to nothing. So that means that with him, you can do all things that you need to do in life. So I think that's your key, too, by being a Christian young lady. Absolutely. Thank you. And, you know, I do find myself getting stronger and stronger and stronger since leading up to the release of the book. And even to now, I've actually grown I'm talking about myself, but it's just what I feel. I've grown light years through this experience and even talking about it, promoting the book and going to conference and things like that. My confidence is growing and my faith and also it being such a kind of personal topic, just growing in my ability to share about it and openly. But when your goal is, you know what, just share because you you do want to help people Right. It, it doesn't feel as awkward, or I guess. <laughs> right. Sharing on a topic. No, well, you have a lot of lot to share. You you're very gifted. I guess you couldn't see it, but God has gifted you. That's one thing that's such a blessing that'll keep you moving on in your life. And it's what you're doing is continuing to help people. That's the best thing in life you could do is do something to help people. When I was younger, I didn't understand the ways that I might be gifted or the things that I have to offer. But certainly as I get older and and even spending time with you and Cheryl, because you guys remind me of um, talent and gifting or even intellectual prowess and all that. I think I do grow into it more and more and step into it's like, you know, walking in those shoes fully. I do understand that God has gifted me, but I didn't always understand that. And so when voices such as yours affirm, again, I see it as God reminding me, helping me, assuring me 
and I just keep walking out and going to another level. And I believe that all these gifts, whether it's as a writer or educator or however, is from God. So we're supposed to use it and we're supposed to use it for purpose. And and that's what I'm trying to do. And so, again, thank you. So the next question is, Girls in Search of Cover is a somewhat autobiographical fiction by way of the main character's emotions regarding sexual abuse. And we touched on that a little bit earlier. When I talk to you and you call me sweet girl, it's as if you reach into my soul. I think I touched on that a little bit too. And you help heal the little girl that was violated inside of me. So, you know, it just occurred to me as I'm asking you this question and reflecting on the fact that we've touched about it already. I think I'm trying to do for others what you do for me. <laughs> you can do it because you have some of the experience and and it's the best thing you can do because people always need help. You listen to the news. Wow. Somebody always needs help. And I think that's what I want to do more than anything. The rest of my days is just to help people where I can. And you certainly have that ability to do that. No use what God has given you. And I'm thinking of people right now that need help like that. I've had a kind of epiphany. It's like, I know I'm trying to do that, but for some reason, I just thought of it in my mind of the way I see you. I keep saying, it's like you reached inside of me and touched a little girl. And I just thought of it as me through my book. I'm trying to reach inside of little boys and girls who may have been violated and and tell them you're enough and you can move forward. I don't know. I kind of like the way I just saw it just now. Right. And your book will really show that. So don't listen to the negative thoughts that come to your mind about what you're not. Look at what God has done for you and know that I can do all things through him who strengthens me. All things that you need to do. That's what the verse means. It doesn't mean you can just go out and do anything, but all things that you need to do in life, you can do them. So don't listen to the negative stuff that comes to your mind. What she's saying to me, she's saying to all of us. And so I'm hoping that they're enjoying hearing you cheering me forward, but also have the ability to hear it for themselves. What it's all about helping others. You know, I've been around another person who told me you have that similar effect on her. So I wanted to ask you, how aware are you that you have this effect on people or that do you see that having that ability to cause other strong people and other leaders to move forward in life and feel like I can go to the next level? Do you feel like that's one of your callings? Have you always been aware of that? Are you strategic or is it just how the Holy Ghost flows? Can you tell me a little more about that from your perspective? Well, I think it's only because I truly love God and I don't have so many th- other things that women have going through the little jealousies and envies. I just want the best for everybody. Ever since I received Jesus when I was about seven or eight, I never had problems. And I didn't have much of anything, And but I was never jealous of anybody that had stuff. I just wanted the best for everybody, and that's what I continue to do. And so God has blessed me in life to have everything that I've ever wanted or needed. And so I can still reach out and help other people. And and I'm a witness that God will be there for you to help you get to the place where you need to go in life. And so that's why I say I just think you do wonderful stuff and you're so gifted. But when I see people that's gifted like that, I know God has something special for you to do. (laughs) I even look at my granddaughter that's five years old. She's extra, extra gifted. 
She, yeah. In fact, I think of you, I think of her. Probably you were probably like her growing up because <laughs> she's very, very gifted and, and smart and can come up with some things at five years old. And I think that's the way you were. Thank you. Uh, I've met your granddaughter and she's extremely bright. And I'm I'm just thankful and elated that she's surrounded by people like you who can give her that guidance early enough in life to fly. She reminds me of you. I think I bet I said I bet (laughs) Pamela's like that when she was young because that baby is she can have conversations with with older people. I I like to have her over when I have all of my old friends over because she would join in their conversation. (laughs) Yeah, I was very inquisitive at a young age and very observant. And I think it has contributed a lot to how I see the world and even education and travel and being able to write as well. I mean, because you have to be an observer and understand different situations and different people to, um, you know, to construct those those stories. I agree with you. I can't wait to see um, where your granddaughter goes. <laughs> She's very bright. Oh, yeah, me too. When I see people like you, so only I can say is the enemy tries to rob you and has tried to rob you. But now that's the end of that. You're fixing to go on and move with your gifting and uh, help other people. And I feel that way too, Dr. Betty. Thank you. You can do it. Why do you believe this story promotes a godly message? I know you touched on that a little bit too, but is there anything you would add to it? Is there a way that I told the story or certain words that were constructed that made you feel like, I don't know, this is of God? It is the way you told it. And the fact that there are so many people that need that message. Didn't they say it's recorded in history that one out of three people have been molested or sexually abused when they were growing up. So you have all all the words, and that's why I say you're so gifted to write the way you do. Just think it's going to help. Probably it might be into millions of people. But I believe, especially that's from God. What you're doing is from God, and because you've committed your wonderful. I'm going to say gifted. I like to say smart. You know, I think you're smart too. All the gifting that God has given you and you have dedicated to him first and just think about what he can add to what you, what he's already gifted you with. He'll continue to add to you with the knowledge that he has continually and you can continue to be a blessing to people. One of the things I'm looking at that it's not necessarily a creative endeavor, but I think when you've experienced abuse or you've learned about a situation and then God has healed you and set you free, yeah, you quite naturally want to help others. And one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about is how do I help people who have come out of sex trafficking? There's human trafficking. There's a lot of organizations that help them come out, but I've been really thinking about what are those people's next steps as they try to reenter society? Like, go back to school or be able to prepare for a job interview or whatever the case may be. But I certainly would say that those horrific experiences that I've faced in life, I was actually violated four times. The earliest time I didn't remember, but the other three I did. It certainly makes you look at people, even when I see um, women who maybe make decisions that you know, a healthy mindset wouldn't make in terms of relationships, if they're in an abusive relationship or whatever the case may be. I don't look down at people like that. I always look and say, what is that person's story? Because 
a healthy mindset wouldn't make those choices. So I'm always thinking about what else can I do to to try to help people that's been in situations like that. And you mentioned earlier that it could help men too. And I've already heard from men that the book could very well be called Boys and Girls in Search of Cover. So I'll keep pondering and see how God can help me uh, with all these thoughts I have. Right. Well, see, you're already gifted with the thoughts and the natural. Only thing you need to do, there's some scripture in the Bible for everything you need or everything you're facing. Get as much of the word into you. Memorize scriptures that'll help people. And you use that because God, the, God's word, the Bible, that's God talking to us. Yeah. So you add that to the gifting he's already given you. And that's the way you can help people. That's the way I help people. I just give them God's word. I'm interested in helping people because I want to help as many to live for God as possible. And so you can do that. And like I say, and you go above and beyond me because you ha- actually have the educational qualities, which is a blessing. So you do that. <laughs> along with adding God's word to what you already do. Well, I certainly want to go as far as God wants me to go. That's my goal. But beyond you, I don't know about all that. It's not all about education. You certainly have giftings and talent and and things that God's placed in you that is is why you are where you are today. (laughs) Well, I thank him for that. I can help people because I'm happy if I'm really helping people like that. And you're right. It's So many people tell me the same thing you're telling me, but I do it from my heart because I want more people to know Jesus because that's the only real life that there is. The way you look at us is the way we're looking at you. We see all your gifting and your anointing. Well, mine is strictly from the word. So I could tell people easily how I do what I do because I couldn't make it through life if I didn't have the word and believe God the way I do. And that's why I still always want to help people take time with people. But the word has the answer. There's a scripture for everything that somebody is going through. So adding that with your gifting, just be a powerhouse for God. Mm -hmm. Thanks again. So this is at the point in the interview where we're switching seats. You're going to be the interviewer and you're going to become the host and I'm going to be interviewed by you. Hey, so I'm going to ask you some questions, right? Number one, where did the inspiration come from you for you to write such a detailed book? Okay, good question. I believe I touched on it a little bit earlier, but I truly believe I was inspired to write it. It was even um, therapeutic for me to write it. And I think the timing of God is everything because I started writing it several years ago and I put it down and I always made excuses saying, oh, I'm too busy. You know, I'm a principal. I'm working on my dissertation. When I'm done with all this stuff, I'll go back to it. And I realized, though, after having written it, that I actually had some degree of emotional mental block. I was making excuses because it was such a tough story to look at and to own my own thoughts and feelings around these issues and my experiences with these issues. So when I did finally uh, commit to finishing the book, God really walked me through stuff and helped me even remember things and even have conversations with family members to help me connect the dots. And it was all a part, I believe, of his healing journey for me. And it did happen. I actually got a lot more healing through that process. So I was inspired because the story was in me always. I knew more subconsciously, if that makes sense. 
and but it needed mm-hmm. to come to the forefront of my mind so I could deal with it and even even have forgiveness around it and a lot of work had to be done on the inside for me to get to a healthier place it was inspired it was needed for me and and now again as i said before it's my hope that it helps other people can't wait for that one for the next one yeah. oh, that's going to be interesting anyway like i say the book is a blessing so number 2 how did you know about church leaders who were unloving, unkind, and evil to someone who had suffered sexual abuse, like uh, Mother John, Mother Thompson, and the others who were so evil? Were you in a church, or you just happened to know about stories like that? Both. I've heard of stories like that. When I was younger, I would say in my 20s or so, I belonged to a church where there were church leaders who I wouldn't say they were abusive toward people who had experienced sexual abuse, but I think they certainly caused many people, including myself, to experience what is called today church hurt. And Mm. I knew it was wrong because when I was around 25, I really just got, I don't know, it's like I couldn't put the Bible down. For a few years, I would just read the Bible every chance I got, like literally like the word says, you're hungry. And I believe God started maturing me a bit at that time. And I started seeing that some of the things I saw in the church, it wasn't supposed to be like that. Unfortunately, the Holy Spirit started showing me some of these things. And I had experienced some hurts, but God had gotten a hold of me so much that it didn't turn me away. I just knew that those things were wrong, but I was sold out to God himself. But a lot of people confuse what people do with God, because they're supposed to be God's representatives. But I had matured enough to know the to know the difference. So I kept my relationship with God strong, but I did eventually um, wind up leaving that church. And quite honestly, uh, it was that shift that led me to um, Crenshaw Christian Center. Wow. Look at God, because he knew your heart and he knew you were sincere about it. Because I don't like that about Christians, and a lot of them still do that, to mistreat people, not only just sexual abuse, but just maybe made errors, and, and they're, you know, they can't live perfectly, and so they talk evil about them instead of mm-hmm. praying for them and trying to help them. So mm-hmm. anyway, that was interesting that you had that in there. People so. become a little self-righteous or judgmental, and I mean, God gently corrects us so that he can inspire change. He doesn't condemn us so that we feel so guilty that we're paralyzed and actually never make the change. I believe God promotes us to a higher level through love. He shows us his love so much, it persuades us to stop sinning or stop to want to change and live for him. Right. Well, that's good. Okay, precious. Let me see. Number three, do you believe your book will help others who have been molested or abused? knowing that they are not the only ones. I do. I often say that I hope people will read the book and see themselves and feel less alone. And when you've been through something, you talk about it in a much more detailed way. So I hope they can recognize the signs because sometimes people need a bridge. Um, They need to know how a person got from point A to point Z. So I hope that there's enough material in the pages of the book that shows people when the characters were just paralyzed by the abuse and the trauma 
and then how they began to move away from that to a better place. I certainly hope that people can identify with the book and then also see, or because they have reflections, some of the emotions, there's a wide range of emotions that's shared. And it's not just about pain, but just how a person sees the world. There's pages where the characters are looking at other women and thinking those women are better than them. Or the little girl, Mm -hmm. Carmenia, when she's a little girl and she sees the other little girls who haven't been violated playing and all she wants is purity. She wants to be like them. I think a lot of abused people can relate to something like that. And that's an area where in the book it's true to my own emotions. I remember as a little girl looking at other little girls thinking they were better than me because I felt like I was tainted or dirty or it was something wrong with me because I had experienced those things. And I used to look at even a young family member and think, oh, I wish I was like her. I wish I was innocent and pure. As a little girl, I'm thinking this. That's how real the enemy is. That's the thing. And he will bring those thoughts to you because I used to do that as a poor girl. I just Mm -hmm. thought everybody was better than me just because I didn't have what other children had. So, but God takes care of all of that. I have one last question. And then I was going to just throw this in. Okay. My last question is, do you realize that your book will be a blessing to many, many, many people? You know what? I do realize it. And I'll say it this way. I realize it more and more and more. I think I'm I'm growing in that revelation and I'm just trying to figure out how to spread the word and how to get it in the right hands. That's my big hope. And I believe because of other times in my life when I didn't know how and I didn't know when and God opened a door and he caused things to happen. Uh, That's the way I feel about this book. God knows when and how it will get to the right people in the right places. And I just have to stay in faith and keep doing my part to spread the word. And, you know, there's sometimes even people who it's just on my heart, give them the book. I've even well, I sure believe it's going to help a lot of people. Thank you. <laughs> and I, I love that agreement and I appreciate it. And it is inspiring. Now, I'm going to ask this, but we're not going to talk about it. We can talk about it when you come to see me okay. uh, about writing about the country where, where where you got the story from. Is that in Mississippi? That was, yeah, that's where I was born. it was Bovina, Mississippi. And I would love to actually share a little bit about it right now. My grandmother, who passed away um, a few months ago, she was literally my memory, so to speak. Well, not my memory, because I, I hadn't been there, but it was her memory that helped me um, describe the place in such detail. And it's, I chuckle because so many people tell me, man, your details and people who right, lived in the South or even lived in that area, they had tell me, wow, is is wonderfully detailed. And I think about how God used my grandmother to help me capture all those details, although I haven't actually been to Bovina. It it doesn't exist anymore Uh, as Bovina, but it's in the area of Vicksburg, Mississippi. Right. You told that story good. And I experienced that. My family experienced that, the prejudice, the racial stuff, all of that when we were there. So we'll talk about that when we see each other. I look forward to it. And Dr. Betty, you know, I love you so much. You are such a treasure. I feel like you're a national treasure. You're a world treasure. It's such hey, a- you're making my head real, really, really big. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I'll hear from you. That I get to call you my spiritual mother and have not just this kind of public interview, but I get to actually spend time personally with you and and with your family. Um, I just love it. Thank you. Happy to be whatever I can do or be to you. I'm blessed to be that, to be a part of you. Wow. And that's the thing is I know you mean it. (laughs) Right. I do. I like to help people where they have need if I can do it. When did you become a Christian? I became a Christian as a little girl, actually. Um, My mom raised me in the church. And we did have times, though, when um, we weren't going to church. But, you know, I always had an awareness of God. And I remember a time when I was like, I don't know, 12 years old. And my brother was in a room crying and I was walking down the hallway and I heard him. And I don't even know what made me say this, but as an older person, I I believe it was just God. But <laughs> as a little girl, mm-hmm. I walked in and I told him, oh, stop crying, brother. God told me we're both going to be very successful. And Ooh. at that age, I didn't really understand that God talks to people, but I just went in and said that to him. So as an adult, I look at it and I say, well, God does talk to young people and he talks to all of us. I just hadn't been taught those things yet, really. Do you know what I mean? Well, it came from your spirit, right? Yeah. I look back in retrospect and I see God's hand in my life so many times. Even when I was living in New York and I could have made some really stupid choices, I just believe the Holy Spirit was always there kind of keeping a hedge of protection around me. He wouldn't let me go too far. I could have been in a lot of trouble, but I believe the Holy Spirit always ministered to me and helped me make good choices. I agree with that. And I can see that now. When did you realize you wanted to be an educator? Wow. When I was um, in school and they asked us, what did you want to be when you grow up? Two things came to my mind. I said, teacher. And I said, lawyer, a teacher or a lawyer. And I think I have the potential to have done both. And I have become a teacher. But then I got into the arts and I totally lost sight of, of teaching. And at a certain point in life, my grandmother and a friend of mine in the same window said, I was kind of having a difficult time uh, career-wise. And they both said Mm -hmm. to me, um, why don't you become a teacher? And for some Mm -hmm. reason, when my grandmother said it to me, my friend had already mentioned it. And a few days later, my grandmother mentioned it. It's something just wrong on the inside of me. And I remember God had told me years ago, he just spoke in my spirit. He said, I gave you the gift to teach. Well, when he told me that I was teaching Sunday school and I thought he meant to teach the Bible. But when he said, I gave you the gift to teach in that moment, he showed me and helped me understand that he meant, I've given you the gift to teach, meaning you have the gift to teach anything. (laughs) But it was my own mind that limited it to the Bible. Well, you're doing a good job as an educator. <laughs> when did you realize that you are a you are naturally gifted in so many ways and different things? Well, these are good questions. It's almost like you have like been in my mind or something. It was very late for me, actually. And that's why I have such a hope for young people today to realize their gifting at a much younger age. But I really wrestled with whether or not I'm smart, gifted, had much to offer. It was my early 30s. It was that long for me to really, really realize. And 
what's so funny is um it took some experiences like finding my family in Africa. My father passed away when I was nine months old, so I never really mm-hmm. knew him or that side of my family. But mm-hmm. my father came here on a unusual kind of scholarship that was given to him from the country, the government in Tanzania. So what I learned is that my father was very, very smart. And even some people considered him a genius. When I learned more about my father, God had already started building me up, but it was a big, big change. The more I learned about how bright my father was, it made me say, if my father was that smart, I have to have some of it. You got a lot of it. <laughs> from Africa then. Your father's from Africa. Yeah, he was from Tanzania. And wow. so with God building me up and then plus getting that natural knowledge, so to speak, it kind of helped me take a, another leap. And you know what's so interesting? If I think my journey proves out what the Bible says too. So a man thinks, so is he. Because when I started thinking of myself, as smart, I actually became better at everything. I became better with math and better with writing, better with English. It's so funny how the mind controls your capacity. It was my capacity to believe in myself that needed to shift. And once that block was gone, and I agree with you, I believe the enemy had many strategies against me from my youth to try to block me from seeing it. Uh, God has a plan and he tries to perpetuate that. Um, I see it in other family members too. And so um, I have many prayers out for young people in my family to make that realization and not have the enemy, you know, block them from their full potential. But God has a plan for us all. His plan was for me to start connecting more of those dots around 30. And so I really do believe in myself, but when you're doing something new, you know, there's a a element of risk or challenge. So we have to stay in our place of faith. And if there wasn't challenges and obstacles, we wouldn't, we wouldn't need faith. But I think we also learn as we go through this process of faith and it helps us go to another level and become ultimately stronger, which in turn helps us to help other people. So (laughs) It's all reciprocal. Awesome. Have an awesome life to me and a lot to give continually to people. And and you bless my life. Like you say, I bless your life. You bless my life with all that God has given you to work with. I mean, absolutely inspiring. So uh, I can't wait for the next book so I can <laughs> see how, you, how God's going to give you words to. I don't know how you can do better. We know that you can. So. I'm looking forward to all God's going to do and continue to do in and through your life. You could do nothing better than be gifted and smart and use it for the kingdom of God. So I love you and I love the way you are running your life right now. Thanks so much, Dr. Betty. Dr. Betty, it has been such a pleasure to have you on the show. You're always such a wonderful guest. And I love how you share the word of God and it's so evident how much word you have inside of you <laughs> and you do use it to bless and build up others in such a unique and inspiring way. Again, I just, I love the way you love me. I love the way you make me um, feel like a little girl. You're easy to love. It's been a blessing in here of sharing this time with you too. So um, I appreciate everything and 
how God is using you. We'll keep you in my prayers continually. And I appreciate that so much. And I know that you do. So thanks again. And that ends our show for today, everybody. Well, friends, thanks for joining me for another episode of the Envision Together Going to Our Next Level of Best podcast. I hope today's topic inspired you to envision a brighter future getting to your next level of best and to urge others to reach theirs as well. If you are encouraged by today's episode, subscribe and share it with your family and friends. Also, please write a review. It will help me to reach a wider audience with a message of hope and inspiration. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram and share your thoughts about today's episode. Until next time, envision the future you want to see.